Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. It is February 9, 2022, Wednesday, middle of the week. We're almost there to Friday and the weekend, so I hope you're all doing well, hanging in there, grinding it out, getting through your day. As always, thank you for listening and tuning in to my episodes. Uh, as always, you can find more of my content on Apple, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Radio Public, and more platforms. So do definitely check it out. We are a couple of days away, obviously, from the Super Bowl. It's going to be huge, obviously, with a lot of people probably putting in bets and scheming and thinking and. You know, this game is obviously one of those games where it's really close, so a lot of people will pick one way or another by game time hits, so there's that. And there's always NBA action obviously going on, and it continues to get you know, tougher and tougher for a couple of teams in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Obviously the Lakers are kind of having their issues, and you know, you just wonder what, what they will be, kind of turn out to be at the end of the year. Um, so there's that. So, in today's episode, I want to kind of react to a couple of the NBA trades that went down um, yesterday. And then I will preview something else for Super Bowl 56 and look at the coaches um, in the matchup. Um, so, stay tuned for that. So, let's get started with uh, a couple of trades that you know, came down yesterday. And the first one that I want to talk about is Portland trading CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, Tony Snell. Uh, to the New Orleans Pelicans for Josh Hart, you know Thomas Sadoransky, uh Walker, a protected first-round pick, and two second-round picks, and so it is an end of end of an era for Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, who pretty much have been together uh, for the last I want to say six, seven years, even maybe longer possibly, right right up there, somewhere in the middle, like. They've been together, obviously, their entire careers together, and, you know, there's always that talk about, you know, can they play together, can they work together, will they be able to win together, and they had a lot of regular season success, but postseason-wise, it didn't, didn't kind of pan out, and, you know, there's always that talk and rumbling about whether or not McCollum and Lillard will remain together for their entire careers, or will Portland make a move. And Portland uh, deciding to move on from C.J. McCollum uh, at a very interesting time because you know Portland is kind of in that spot where they are kind of out of it. You know, it seems like they've kind of given up a little bit on this season uh, and trying to obviously win right now. You know, so they obviously had traded away Norman Powell last week to the Clippers, and so now they trade C.J. McCollum uh, to the Pelicans, who are surprisingly uh, in the middle of the play-in tournament right now in terms of the seedings. Like, they're right there, thinking number 9, number 10. And I gotta give the Pelicans credit. You know, they really look bad to start off this season. I mean, they were just looking so, so bad in terms of just being able to win games and get going. Uh, obviously, injuries had a part to do with that as well, but they just were not playing good basketball. All of a sudden, now they've picked it up recently under head coach Willie Green. Uh, you've seen some nice things from Brandon Ingram and this roster. And so the Pelicans land CJ McCollum, which will definitely be great in terms of leadership and, you know, someone who's obviously a reliable backcourt option along, you know, right there, you know, with Ingram and 
when Zion Williamson returns. So McCollum is still, you know, obviously a solid player can give you 18 to 20 points a game, even more. Create his own shot, play make a little bit. Kind of a fresh start for CJ McCollum. Obviously dealing with a lot of different things, you know, this season and the previous season. You know, he gets a chance to join a Pelicans team that is trying to win now. With this with this trade, the Pelicans are definitely trying to win now, knowing that they have a chance possibly maybe advance further. Now a lot of that obviously depends on Zion Williamson and his health. Um but you know uh McCollum does add a good dimension to this team. It gives them that kind of that that backcourt, that scoring option. Because you, you know that, you know, the Pelicans in the offseason were trying to, you know, go after Kyle Lowry and, you know, a couple of other guard players and they couldn't land those guys. Uh, so, you know, they obviously needed someone who could provide a little more of efficiency and energy from that spot and you know, him in the backcourt will be great. Obviously they have some other players there too that will fit in nicely. Um, so the Pelicans seem to be on the right track. I mean, this is probably more of a move also in the long run to keep Zion Williamson happy, keep him in New Orleans because we know that there's all been those rumblings about Zion Williamson, whether or not he's committed to being in New Orleans long term or will he want to, you know, depart one day. And for the meantime, it seems like. You know, with McCollum being there, possibly he'll, you know, be more uh, amped up to probably co- compete, come back, and play healthy. You know, but you know he is the key, obviously, and you know they do have some nice players that have stepped up, and you know Devontae Graham and others. So, you know, it is a nice move. Um, as for, um, you know, you look at look at Portland and what they're getting. I mean. They, you know, are getting obviously, you know, um, Josh Hart and a couple of first-round picks, uh, or you know, that that can become first-round picks. So Portland, pretty much, with this move that they've made, clearing their cap space, gaining some financial flexibility uh, in terms of trying to retool around Damian Lillard. Now, Damian Lillard obviously is injured right now; he can't play. Um, I don't really know in the long run because you know they obviously have to be able to land somebody impactful in the off season and so Damian Lillard obviously has talked about being committed you know he's getting obviously a little bit older and I think 32 33 um, prospect by next season so you know for Portland this is a big big off season like you know you trade CJ McCollum all right um, you trade CJ McCollum and you know you obviously have liked the progress of Anfrey Simmons there and how he's progressed really well you know so you add Josh Hart to the mix I mean Josh Hart is a really solid player he's come along really nicely um, and you know they do have some guys that they could build around uh, there in Portland but um, they've shed a lot of cap space and um, you know it's all about how do they go about retooling this roster. How do they retool this roster uh, to the point where it's competitive enough? But the Western Conference is such a way, obviously, a lot of teams are getting better and better um, that can Portland really make some impactful moves? Um, it's hard to see the position that's in the Western Conference. I mean, I don't know. 
to Portland and wanted to finish his career in Portland, but you know, he's such a talented player. He's staring at right now, even if he comes back, like what is he working with? And can he make it work? And can he win a championship this way? You know, that's the, the main thing with Damian Lillard. Obviously, we know how great of a talent he is, but look at the situation around him in Portland, you know, with concentrating most of his team away. I mean, Larry Nance was a pretty good player that I felt like should have remained there in Portland, but now he had, he had to, you know, to the Pelicans, and he's going to and off the bench for, for the Pelicans. So, like, the trade winner in this situation to me is the Northern Pelicans just because of what they were able to get. Um, yeah, they had to give, give, up, give up a first-round pick. Um, but they get McCollum, they get Larry Nance, um, and they gain some flexibility-wise where uh, their lineups might be a little more better in some runs. You know, it might take the pressure off Brandon Ingram a little bit more. Uh, but you look at Portland, and it's all or nothing for Portland, to be honest, this offseason. If they can't retool and get a good roster around Damian Lillard, and the and this will not uh, carry over well into next season. So... Dame is committed, and obviously he's talked about it so much that he wants to be there and the stab, but, you know, winning that championship is going to happen. I don't see it yet, and if Portland can take this flexibility and make some good moves, uh, they are going to be staring at another situation where they will have to think about tearing it down even more. And are they really, are they really trying to make this thing work in Portland, you know, are they going to give him a fair shot or a fair time to, to you know, to make that's the thing that kind of you, you wonder about Portland Trailblazers heading into um, you know, the later portion of the season, he's obviously had his challenges, obviously trying to fix things and um, they've struggled, no doubt and as I've mentioned before um, you know, Larry Nance, someone that, you know, they signed on, I think, on a one-year deal or so, and, you know, they, uh, they, you know, they got some, and that's the thing, are they going to be able to make it work, are they going to be able to make it work enough to the point where, um, you know, it will be good enough for Damian Lillard next season, you know, that's the big question, um, that, uh, Portland has to answer. Their front office has to answer. Um, and we'll see. We'll see if they can get it done. You know, we'll have to see if they can get it done um, overall because the West is getting more and more better. Obviously, some teams really riding up the standings. So um, we'll see how this office responds to that when the time comes for it. Now, the other trade that went down was between the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento Kings. So the Indiana Pacers are trading two-time All-Star uh, DeMontis Sabonis um, to Sacramento for Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I believe that uh, you know Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, a protected second-round pick, um, will go to Sacramento. And the Pacers, as a result, will be getting um, Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson as well. So you look at this move. I mean, the Indiana Pacers obviously haven't had that type of season they hope to. 
Uh, they definitely are out of it right now in the Eastern Conference, and they have a lot. They have a lot of work to do to kind of get back to where they want to be in Rick Carlisle's tenure here. But for Indiana, uh, to me, they were the clear winners of this trade. I mean, you look at it. I mean, the Pacers are going to have a unique backcourt possibly heading to next season, right? Where you have Hallie Burden, you have Heald, you know, you have Brogdon, Chris Duarte. Uh, Pacers definitely have retooled enough to the point where if they keep this roster intact, they will have a much better team next season. I mean, they could probably make a push with this, with these moves possibly, um, but you know, they obviously are. Try and see where they can make moves, and obviously Miles Turner is a name that uh, you kind of look to now and wonder will he be next or will he stay. Remains to be seen. Um, but Pacers are the clear winner in this move in this trade because you look at the Sacramento Kings, right? Um, they have been trying to make moves and and pushes to get to the postseason, and Tyrese Halliburton was one of their top draft picks. I think he was drafted either last year or the year before that. Uh, I don't know. I think it's probably his second year in the NBA, I believe. Something along those lines. And to trade him at this point is just really surprising because, you know, yes, De'Aaron Fox has a big contract and you owe him a lot of money and things like that. But Tyrese Halliburton has been probably one of the best King players. Uh, this season and in the previous season and you trade him um, you know to the Pacers and you know you're getting the Montes you know Sabonis who is a pretty good player uh, but does he really move the needle for you if you're Sacramento does he make you instantly better it remains to be seen because De'Aaron Fox has had a tough time shooting the ball you know he's still a great player um, that can get things done when he has to. Um, but you look at this roster. I mean, if they're banking on the fact they have you know Fox and Davion Mitchell, maybe that can work to some extent. With Sabonis being there, I mean it's all about chemistry and how they gel. Um, but Sacramento, in terms of what they got, they could have got a little bit more, in my opinion. They could have done a lot better. In this in this trade, especially for Buddy Heald, um, you know it could have got a little bit more better than what they received. And for the Pacers, it's a huge win because they get a backcourt, they get something where like you know they'll have a lot of flexibility to to you know move things around and revamp this roster, you know. So it is one of those moves uh, where um, you will see a lot, you know. Like the Pacers, in terms of how they look right now, like and how they will develop this, like they got some pieces that look a lot better together than what Sacramento might have. Now Sabonis, obviously, is a talented player. He can do a lot of different things, but I don't know if he can do enough to the point where he helps Sacramento make the postseason. You know, it remains to be seen how well his impact is. Um, but uh, Buddy Heal's a great shooter. Uh, so as you know, a couple other players. So I mean. The Kings definitely, I think they missed the ball in this trade. They could have done a lot better. Um, 
you know, I, I don't really know what they're trying to do in that front office. They have obviously had an issue with coaching, consistency, and developing talent. And I mean, De'Aaron Fox is a talented player who definitely with this move, maybe will be able to get a lot more help in some areas. Um, but I don't know if it, it helps the Kings make the postseason anytime soon. They still have a lot of work to do in the Western Conference, especially even in the top eight to nine seed as well. So they got a lot of work to do. Hopefully they figure it out. But I think Tally, you know, Tyrese Halliburton is a great pickup for Indiana. I think he was obviously hoping to stay in, you know, stay in Sacramento and help rebuild things and fix things. But you know. The ownership of the Kings definitely has been really interesting. A lot of questionable decisions. And this one definitely feels like they missed the boat a little bit on this one. And hopefully it doesn't come back to hurt them. Because if not, they'll look back at it and think like they have such a great player in Halle Burden. Who could have been a part of the solution there in Sacramento. And helping them make a position push. Instead, De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell will have to really be uh, developing really well. And getting it going for the Kings. Um, for them to, to get back to the postseason uh, um, if they can in the near future or next season possibly. So in this next segment, I want to talk about Super Bowl 56 coaching matchup between Sean McVay of the Los Angeles Rams and Zach Taylor of Cincinnati Bengals going to be a unique matchup for sure between these two coaches um probably two of the youngest coaches um in nfl history or right up there among some of the ones that have been there in the past um you look at it i mean sean mcveigh and zach taylor both um worked together in los angeles i think during the 2017 2018 season um, I think Zach Taylor had spent quite a bit of time um, in the early stages of like you know players like Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods and guys like that. Um, so you look at this matchup and both teams uh, obviously well prepared, have a successful season obviously, and uh, it's going to be great to see these two go at it for the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, knowing how they have been together early in their careers and obviously um, you know McVay getting the opportunity to be with the Rams and really transfer them to an off- offensive you know juggernaut throughout the years um, you know Taylor was the quarterbacks coach and wide receivers coach um, in 2017-2018 um, and look at Zach Taylor he's come a long way uh, as a coach, obviously things got off to a pretty rocky start in Cincinnati for him. You know, I was one of those people who thought maybe he wasn't going to really last, but he obviously outdid a lot of different people. You know, he really showcased a lot. Um, obviously, in his first year, he didn't have a quarterback, um, you know, clear quarterback answer. And then obviously they got an overall pick. You know, they got Joe Burrow in the second, you know, in his second year, and Joe Burrow obviously got hurt. Um, and look at now where Zach Taylor has been able to lead this team. He's obviously overcome a lot. Uh, obviously, getting the talent there, getting the right staff that was important for him, and he was able to do that. Now, obviously, his record um, is, you know, not that great in terms of like his overall career record. But more importantly, the thing that matters most is that you know they went 10 and 7 this year. 
He won three playoff games. You know, um, and he obviously he had done something that no Bengals coach has done in a long, long time. You know, so uh, obviously he was able to really do a good job of you know working with Joe Burrow and this group and getting them ready to you know to be in this game. And you know they deserve to be here, as he's already said a couple of times. You know he's definitely earned it in terms of being able to you know really coach well in some of these games this year. You know he's uh, been able to stay, you know, focused. They, you know, keep the right approach. Obviously, a lot of players have done a good job of, you know, being disciplined underneath him, and you know, he's got a lot going for him, no doubt. Heading into uh, this game, um, just having that familiarity is is really good for him, you know. And now you look at Sean McVay. You know, Sean McVay um, has done some very impressive things also in his career so far. I mean, he's won NFC West titles. Um, you know, he obviously has already been to a Super Bowl. Obviously, that Super Bowl didn't go as well as he hoped to. You know, was this one of those games in which, you know, he obviously, um, you know, got out coached, and obviously he's done a lot of things since then to be better. Um, and look what he did. Obviously, I was one of those people thought like, you know, they traded for, you know, Matthew Stafford, getting up Jared Goff, like. You know, you don't see you know teams do that. Give up on you know give up on a quarterback they draft, but now it's becoming more and more frequent. So I was kind of skeptical of this move when he made it. They made it in the off season to go go get Stafford, but he has done some great things with Matthew Stafford this season. And, you know this this offense has definitely been right there near the top, and you know Stafford is obviously someone that he really wanted to bring in and. Uh, question is, uh, can they get it done now? Obviously, in this matchup, you know, where you know Stafford, obviously, um, you know, throughout his career, played in Detroit and is on a big stage now. And you know, the whole thing is, can he bring it home for the Rams? So, look at McVay. Um, he obviously worked several roles throughout his career with Washington before becoming the Rams head coach. And he's had a couple of interesting games this postseason where you know his game management skills have been a little bit off but having said that he does have the experience of being in a Super Bowl before and you know obviously adjustments are going to be interesting to see because both, both coaches and McVay and Sean McTaylor uh, you know Zach Taylor you know they both have different uh, philosophies somewhat they're very similar but they're also very different a couple of areas where I think Sean McVay you see the Rams they like to kind of bunch things up a little bit in formations and run their things in with have to be a little more of a kind of a, you know spread out a little bit and kind of maximizing a couple of areas you know on the field on the left and right side so they both are smart very intelligent and um, I think that you know McVay obviously has had a lot more success obviously because he's been there longer um, longer, longer as a coach, you know, he's 61, 29, five seasons, um, you know, and so nothing that McVay obviously hasn't been able to do yet is win a Super Bowl, and you know he's coaching against someone who obviously is familiar with Cooper Cup a little bit and some of his th- things, so it's a pretty even matchup if you look at it. Um, but you look at Zach Taylor. Um, this is obviously his first like big. Uh, you know, Super Super Bowl appearance, and you know, prior to this, he's with the Rams, and I mentioned how, 
you know, this team has kind of evolved under his leadership. You know, he's obviously been able to get the right people there, uh, as I mentioned before. And, you know, he's had some games this year where he's been great in play calling and has been very aggressive as well. Uh, he's got a lot of trust, obviously, in his kicker, Evan McPherson. Um, but also, he game situation-wise, you've seen him do a couple of things where they've gone for on fourth down. I think both coaches and Sean McVay and Zach Taylor will both be aggressive in this game. And it'll come down to execution and play calling in those situations. So, you know, obviously I think Taylor can do a pretty good job. Obviously he's going to have to do a lot more of, you know, trying to keep the Bengals from falling into that kind of situation where they've been in the last few games and they kind of have fallen behind a little bit or, you know, gone off to a slow start. So for Zach Taylor, it's more about getting his team to be prepared and to finish things off. And I think that's the key for the Bengals in this game. So 156 is really... For the Bengals to finish things off fairly well, whether it be on defense, whether it be on offense, but finishing things. And then for Sean McVay, you know, it comes down to him um, really doing a good job of making sure that Matthew Stafford um, is aware of the situation, getting him to play at his highest level without turning the ball over. And that that's important in this game because turnovers can happen quickly. They can flip a game's outcome just like that. And so for Matthew Stafford, for Sean McVay, He's got to get this team readied up. You know, obviously a lot of people are talking about Joe Burrow and um, how great the Bengals defense is and what they've been able to do. And no doubt all that's true. Um, but, you know, McVay has got a way about doing things as well there in L.A. Why he's been successful in winning these division titles, winning these games. But now he has to take it up to another notch in the Super Bowl where he's got to kind of outmaneuver and outmaster Sean McV- uh, sorry, outmaneuver Zach Taylor a little bit to the point where like, he can give his team an advantage. So it's pretty tough to pick between these two coaches who will give the advantage to. I'm going to give it to Sean McVay only because I think McVay has been building something for a long time in L.A. They've obviously have gone all in of acquiring players um, to win now. You know, they've obviously mortgaged their future uh, to get Matthew Stafford, to get an Odell Beckham. Um, you know, so I think McVay has been building a lot of things throughout the years with the Rams, and I think that he has the advantage in this matchup, despite some of the things that came up in that MC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers. I think that McVay does have the edge in this matchup. Um, from the standpoint, I think you'll see a lot more things that. He might, he might have said, he's very, you know, great at disguising and, and, and revealing things as, as his position goes along. I think he'll have a lot of different things that he wants to do a little bit better than Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor will also do great things as well, play calling-wise and his, you know, things-wise as well. But I think there's this matchup. I think I like McVay to have the advantage. I think he has the better defense. I think he has the better ability to throw a lot of different looks, you know, at... Um, at this Bengals defense, I don't think they've seen obviously a whole lot. Uh, an off, they haven't faced an offense like this, um, you know. And I think then because of that, I think that McVay has the advantage. You know, I think their defense that McVay has, um, I think they are more than ready to, to be uh, be able to contain him well. So it's going to be a great game, no matter no matter you know. Everything that I'm saying right now is going to be a great game. Things could play out much differently than I'm saying right now. But if I have to give a coach an advantage on Super Bowl Sunday, I'm going to go with McVay. Um, 
not that Zach Taylor won't do a good job, but I think that McVay will kind of learn from his previous experiences, especially that first Super Bowl appearance, and I think he will find a way to be better in terms of coaching this game and being a better decision maker, better play caller in this matchup. Um, that doesn't mean puts this team in a better position to do so, and I think that with his knowledge and experience, uh, I think he'll finally find a way to get it right in this matchup and maybe be a little more sounder some of the game situations that will take place in Super Bowl 56.